0: Welcome to a new episode of uh, Talk That Science. Today we will talk about crystals. I'm Nicoline and today I will talk with Nusheen Jadisahe, Professor of Crystallization in Perus Materials at the University of Amsterdam. Welcome Nusheen, how are you? Hello, good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you very much, I'm fine. <laughs> good that you're here. So um, what is scientifically a crystal? Um, so yeah, can you tell me that? Yeah, so crystallization
1: is basically when from a solution, for example, is when you make or create a solid, which will form spontaneously from the solution. And this means that uh, ions and atoms start to organize themselves in a way that they will be structured and then they will make a sort of special morphology. And you create a new state by uh, from a solution where the atoms were uh, loose in the in the solution. Mm-hmm. Like you have ions in the water, and then at some point you can put uh, ions till a certain amount in water. And if you go above this concentration, then the ions will start to just gather to I- with each other and then make this crystalline solid which will precipitate from the solution for Mm -hmm. example so this is the terms of crystallization so it's a phase change transition uh, during which you pass from one state so to a solid form which is uh, where the atoms and molecules are organized in a structured way Mm-hmm. So in order to, to achieve that, so first you need to create the nucleation of the new state.
0: What is that? The nucleation?
1: The nucleation is that so you have your ions that are loose in the solution, for example. So you need to create a, a tiny, small entity which starts to be organized and mm-hmm. then this Tiny entity will start to grow. So then you have, well, then we talk about nucleation and growth of a crystal.
0: Ah yes, I remember I uh, looked up some videos on YouTube where you can make your own crystals. There they start indeed with a very tiny crystal, often in a triangle or a square shape, and they, uh, with a little stick, they put it in some solution, and it grows and grows and grows this is what you uh, mentioned yeah so when you do this it's basically
1: because what you have seen on the on these movies is that you have a solution which has a, a, um, a concentration above the equilibrium of ions in the in the solution and when you add these seed crystals you make a sort of uh, you generate the growth process because mm-hmm. Any uh, surface, any impurities, can increase decrease the activation energy of the nucleation. So, and then this means that you you can do it more easily. So, this is the reason when you add a seed, mm-hmm. you just uh, it's like you start to just uh, initiate the crystal growth from the supersaturated or super cooled solution. So, yeah. these are the conditions that you need to have in order to. Make this uh, uh, phase transition.
0: Yes. So to put it very uh, simply, it is as if you have, uh, yeah, any uh, object consists of molecules, but they are very in their in a, s- a liquid solution. Yes. Yes. And they are s- still chaotically everywhere. Yes. And then when you form a crystal, they start being organized yes. in a certain way. Exactly. The molecules. So, yes. And then. Is it true that, um, because crystals often have very uh, beautiful shapes, um, does this have to do with this ordering?
1: Yes, exactly. So then depending on the charge of each ions and the way that they will gather, so you have always a positively charged part and negatively charged part, for example, with ions, and then you can have different type of morphology. And morphology so is Morphology, the shape? D- yes, growth, yeah. yes, uh, shape, yes. Yeah. And um, so it's like when you, ha- when you drink a salty water, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's the state where the ions are dissolved in water, so they are loose. Mm. And when you put your salt uh, in the kitchen on the food, it's uh, basically the crystalline form of the sodium
0: chloride, which is the salt that we use, for example, in, in the kitchen. And I also saw that um, maybe you notice know as well that crystal comes from a Greek word, kristalos, and they said it means coldness drawn together. Have you? Uh, is, does this sound familiar to you? Uh, well, I, I honestly I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't have a look on that. No, okay. <laughs> so yeah, maybe this. Yeah, maybe because of. Well, why would they say that coldness drawn together? Maybe because ice you have ice crystals yeah
1: so yeah you can relate that to the ice crystallization and then to the fact that snow yeah. is a shape of uh, ice water mm-hmm. in a crystalline form so you can also have like uh, pure molecules that can organize themselves uh, if you for example change the temperature so this is the case of water so mm-hmm. Above zero degree, it's liquid. But then below zero degrees, you make ice, and ice and snow have very, very beautiful uh, crystalline shape. And so, it could be related to that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, is it correct that there are different uh, conditions under which crystals come to existence? So sometimes, I just heard you saying temperature. Yeah. Uh, so
1: in order to to generate uh, nucleation and growth uh one way is for example that you you, sh- you need to change the temperature of your uh, fluid mm-hmm. for example for water you have uh, you are at room temperature and then you put the water in the freezer so you cool down this mm-hmm. means you, you make a super cooled uh, uh, situation and then you generate the formation of the crystalline shape of of uh, water which is ice because mm-hmm. then the molecules are structured uh, or you can uh, the driving force can be the concentration so th- for example uh, water is a pure compound but if you uh, look at the salty water mm-hmm. so you have ions in uh, in a solvent which is water and then um, when you put uh, more and more of salt in the water mm-hmm. Then the water can handle that till a certain amount, and if you go above this amount, which is the concentration, then you will start to precipitate. So then the crystals, the ions will uh, will be organized in a way that the solid form will precipitate from the solution because the water cannot handle more than that in a loose uh, in a loose way. So yeah. the rest should precipitate as a crystal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, then this is the concentration so the driving force can be the increase of the concentration so w- when I talk about uh, the till a certain amount the water can handle the ions this is called uh, in a scientific term the solubility mm-hmm. of a material in in a solvent this means for example that for sodium chloride which is a the most abundant salt uh, on earth this is about uh, ter- 36 gram 100 gram of water so you can add 36 gram of salt kitchen salt in in water mm-hmm. you, s- you will have a salty water but if you go above 36 gram in 100 grams of water then uh, then the rest will precipitate it cannot stay you cannot have a salty wa- you will have a salty water but in equilibrium with the rest, which is in the crystalline form.
0: Okay, so then there will be crystals in the water, or just yes, the salt. Yes, not so you will have yeah. the
1: the water which will yeah. be salty yeah. with the
0: thirty six gram of
1: salt yeah. on it, but then the rest will precipitate in your glass, yeah. and you will have crystals
0: in yeah. the glass. Okay, so we can actually do this at home to check. Yeah, the exactly. Put salt <laughs> in the water, until... so. Uh, so I think what you see is then that there will be loose salt pieces yes on the yes bottom? yes yeah. which will
1: precipitate and okay. of course uh, then it depends on the purity of the salt how pure it is so when i say 36 gram it's really for pure pure uh, sodium chloride but then it can be around i mean depending if there are other things because we can add other uh, component to the salt also
0: Okay, so um, yeah, we have some idea now what, what uh, crystals are, this special composition of the molecules. Um, and what is so special about that? Or maybe we can see some more examples. For example, I see now a, a wooden chair, a wooden table. Uh, it's not a crystal. Um, what is the difference with a crystal? Because I can imagine the table before me is also very solid, but still it's not a crystal um the the thing is that you
1: can uh, these crystalline materials can uh, have different mechanical properties and so uh, nowadays they are really used for uh, making uh, nanocrystals, for example for different type of applications and um, their density their mechanical properties and their conductivity can be can be tools for creating new materials and Conductivity. What's that? It's like the the way that uh, you can conduct the uh, the the, the uh, current, uh, electricity, okay. or uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, so then I- it can be used for different things. But mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah. So wood it has its own structure, and uh, crystalline material has its own structure depending on the. Yeah. component and element that makes this crystal
0: yes and do crystals have special properties that other um, solid objects do not have regarding maybe um, how clear they are or how hard i know for example diamonds which are crystal yes. are very are very hard yes. So then,
1: then this as i said depends on the element mm. that uh, makes the crystal so uh you have a lot of different type of materials that can have a crystalline shape so then it's very difficult to say yeah uh, like this in a general way because I it's see. very peculiar to the element that makes the crystal yeah.
0: yeah I see so there are not particular shared properties amongst all the crystals Yeah. so what is it then that all the crystals do share because they also have different they all share that they are arranged in a certain way but that's again might be different ways right yes so what exactly. is it then that it, that they share
1: <laughs> it's the fact that yeah. it's a sort of um, organized uh, structured weight way d- mm. ways of atoms and molecules mm-hmm. in the uh, that makes a macroscopic scale object mm. but it is really ordered till a very, very tiny scale. So this ah, make the, the difference.
0: I see, yes. So this is order that already is on a very small scale, but yes. that, ex- that that same order is applied many, many times. Yes, exactly. Until so it becomes a big object. Yes, ah, exactly. Okay. So th- yeah, the order is, is maybe the key ingredient. We have a question from someone uh, on the Talk to Science Instagram account who says, what makes Swarovski crystals so special? Do you have an idea, Nushin? Uh Well, I don't have an idea what makes
1: them so special, but I think it's the purity. And uh, because the more you have impurities uh, in the crystals, uh, then it can also affect their... Uh, uh, shininess, shine, shininess? Mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a correct word <laughs> uh and also um how um yeah how how the purity is very important and i think they play with that and also uh, the the Swar- swarovski's crystals is also the way that it is uh, the
0: cut is done also on the piece of the crystal aha uh-huh. So you think, yeah, both the shape and the purity, meaning that it only consists of one type of molecule.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I think they d- it's like diamond, you know, yeah, the diamond, yeah. uh, the way that they make the, the cut of the faces. First of all, the purity of the diamond is very also important. You have uh, some of them that are very transparent and some that has a sort of whiteness. Mm-hmm. And so this this is because of the impurity, and the 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 more pure is the crystal, of course, it's the more precious it becomes. So I think in different fields of um, uh, f- chemistry, physics, material science, I think the most important is to understand uh, how this nucleation and growth occurs for a peculiar element. Uh, for example, uh, I don't know dif- different fields and then uh, to find a way to design in a controlled way uh, to have them. For example, uh, in pharmaceutical industry it's very important. Uh, most of the drugs that you use are crystals. Uh, they are compacted crystals, the pills that you take. And uh, the, the shape and the, 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 the way that they are growing is very important on their efficiency and uh, for example paracetamol is a crystal and i think the way uh, the shape the makes this also the
0: difference between different
1: generics also Ah,
0: okay well even more things than i than yeah. i thought are crystals yes even paracetamol yeah
1: paracetamol is a crystal and if you want even uh, more nicer than that caffeine mm. the oh. coffee that you take the oh. caffeine is a crystal
0: in the cafe. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> feels like it's literally everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so what what is it actually that that attracts you about this this research field? Why did you start doing research on crystals?
1: Oh, this is a long story, but uh, to make it short, um, I was working on um, complex fluids uh, and the behavior of complex fluids. Um, then. I started to have um, a collaboration with the Ministry of Culture in France, and they came with a big problem about the crystallization of um, salt in monuments. And then one of this, so salt solution in a monument, it's also... Um, so we started to have a look on the flow of these complex fluids, let's say, and little by little, uh, I discovered the the other uh, very fascinating part of this field. And uh, then we started now in the group to to really work on more nucleation and growth, but bulk and confinement. And uh, we tried to uh, look at uh, interesting questions in different fields and try to do the research about it. So this is the way that I started to just be uh, in the field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, can you say, uh, what, what is it that fascinates you so much about crystallization? Uh, well, it, uh, it's beautiful, it's uh, very, um,
1: um, how do you say, um, there are a lot of physics questions that is still not very well understood, and um, then it, you can see in a lot of applications which makes that it's, uh, the, the research is, is really applied also. So this is really, I uh, like, so you can really combine fundamental science uh, research with applied research. And this is really
0: great, I like it. Yeah, yeah. so maybe we, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> maybe we can uh, talk about uh, one of these applications. Um, so we talked earlier about the food industry, you work together with the food industry. Yes. Um, can you tell something about that? okay yeah so um
1: as soon as you talk about food processing uh, industry and the production of foods uh, it's related to the salt because as you know salt is one of the oldest way of keeping things uh, from uh, um, um, bacteria or um, mold or whatsoever and it's still used a lot for that it's a sort of um, preserving the the food and uh, th- there are. Uh, it's very important how the the growth is occurring and how the, these crystals are added to the food. Uh, nowadays, the World Health, Health Organization has uh, has um, settled that you shouldn't take more than five grams per day of salt. But when you start to take all these foods from outside or uh, processed processed foods. They have a lot of salt on it and so uh, i think um, nowadays uh, we take around 9 to 12 grams per day of salt mm-hmm. yes yes exactly. exactly so this is a uh, very important and so uh one of the, the the idea is to reduce the amount of salt in processed food so one of the way for example to do that is to change uh, to uh, to play with the morphology or the shape of the crystal because mm-hmm. Uh, When you add salt on your food, when you start to eat, uh, the salt will be dissolved uh, in your saliva. And uh, if the shape is very big, for example, it, it will put much more time to dissolve than if you have a peculiar shape with a lot of surface area that makes that it will very quickly dissolve. So then the perception of saltiness will arrive to your brain much faster if you play and control the shape and in this way uh, you will add less salt and then you will eat less salt so this is one of the strategies that we are working on it and another another thing is that uh, salt is a very very nice uh, vehicle to uh, bring other micronutrients to the body so we we need a lot of micronutrients And uh, we have a very big project uh, by the NVO grant technology, uh, NVO technology grant uh, with Unilever and uh, Nobion, which is a very uh, big uh, salt producer. It's the new name of Axonobel, previous Axonobel. And so the idea is to, uh, you have seen this Himalaya salt, uh, the pink Himalaya salt, this trendy salt, yes. yeah, which has um, around 80 micronutrients on it, mm. but it has also a lot of heavy metals on it. And so uh, consuming like uh, pink Himalaya salt is not really recommended daily because of the heavy metals. And also if you want to just have these micronutrients by using only uh, pink Himalaya salt is uh, the amount is low, is very low. So you need, for example, to eat 30 grams of Himalayan salt daily, which means uh, six around six teaspoons of salt, which is a lot. And so this is not the idea. So the idea uh, is to make like um, uh, iron fortified salt in this project, because uh, the if you don't have iron enough in your body. Uh, you, c- you can have the anemia, and this is a very, very big problem uh, for women in, uh, worldwide, especially in the regions that they don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. And so if you can make a sort of artificial Himalayan salt only fortified with iron, then this salt can be used in, uh, in powders like curry powders or bouillon cube, etc. And in this way, you can bring the iron via consumption of the food to your body so this is another uh, another application for example because salt is something which is very cheap so if you can play with the with the growth of the crystal in a way that you incorporate other micronutrients in the crystalline structure of the salt then in this way you can make something that can uh, transport the micronutrients to your uh, to your body
0: because in anyhow any case you will eat salt indeed. and you will use salt. Yeah, that would be a, a great solution because indeed we eat salt daily and as you say it's cheap, so we would have a easy cheap solution for uh, people with a lack of iron. Yeah, I think you maybe know you know we have
1: already this iodides salt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a, a way to bring uh, iodine to your body because it's also very important. Otherwise, you have other problems of uh, uh, other disease and uh, it can make a problem for your uh, thyroid gland to work, and um, which works quite very well. And so uh, in the same spirit, in this project, we would
0: like to uh, make... Um, Iron fortified salt, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so you ma- had two examples. The first one had to do with the shape of the salt. If you have a, another shape, it, you feel you taste more saltiness. Is um, has the second solution also to do with the the shape of the crystal to uh, be able to carry it? Uh, to carry
1: iron? Uh, so the, there are different ways uh, to do that. It's not, uh, yeah, the shape can play because as, soo- as soon as you add something else into the crystalline uh, uh, structure, it can also change the shape. We don't know. But there are different ways of doing that. You can um, add the micronutrients as, a, as an impurity on it, you can make a new crystal by adding uh, in a sort of uh, very well-structured way the new micronutrient. And then if you make a new crystal, of course, it, it can have also a new shape. Or you can make like inclusions. Inclusions are like, if you make a very fast, rapid growth of the crystal, then the, the crystal has not, the, let's say the molecules, they don't have the time to structure themselves on the face that it's growing and uh, then you can have defects, and in the defects you can entrap the solution, the solvent. And uh, then again, the crystal can uh, grow and close these uh, tiny defects, so you can entrap liquid in the crystalline structure. It's like uh, when you have a, a um, chocolate, the uh, licorice chocolate with uh, this uh, skin around, I mean, a core shell around. So you can do tiny, uh, tiny um, liquid uh, uh, how you set, uh, defects in the crystals that can also bring micronutrients in, s- in this way. So there are several ways that you should play
0: with in a way to find the controlled way to do it. Yeah. Okay. And this is what you're trying this different This methods is what to we are trying with the iron. Yeah. Yes. And I found the first example also very interesting about the shapes uh, of the salt and how it affects our uh, how we uh, experience how salty it is. Yeah. Are there already uh, examples of this in the supermarket? Different can can we buy different shapes of salt and does it then have an effect?
1: Yeah. So if you go to Albertine, I think you can find different type of salt and. Uh, there are these fancy salt with the pyramidal shape. I don't know if you have seen uh, by Yozo, uh, which has um, they are like flake uh, that makes that they can dissolve much faster than uh, than the normal salt. Uh, but um, yes, so we have worked on the on the morphology of the salt of sodium chloride, and we have published uh, a few years ago a paper showing that. For example, if the the disc, uh, difference of concentration is very high, you can have a very fast growth and a peculiar shape of salt, which we call hopper growth. And recently, I was uh, contacted by an uh, American journalist about a patent that was uh, deposited, I think, one, one month ago, about this. Uh, it's a potato uh, company uh, uh, which makes uh, f- fries and uh, they have patented because they have used this method then, um, this hopper growth in order to make salt with this peculiar shape that has a, a more uh, surface uh, area and so then it can
0: dissolve much faster this triangle shape that you mentioned earlier uh, no, oh, it's one. not the pyramidal shape it's, it's a sort oh. of
1: Cascade shape of okay. tiny cubes connected to each other, mm-hmm. and so they are using this uh, hopper growth uh, way uh, to put the salt on their potato chips, mm. and in this way they have reduced like of about twenty percent the amount of salt on the potato chips.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ah, this is really interesting. Yeah. Also, the triangle. I'm actually curious now what it looks like. Do you know how I- does it have a specific name? Uh, the hopper growth? No, the the thing you mentioned from Yozo.
1: Yeah, Yozo. Uh, it's a pyramidal shape. It's like a Egyptian pyramidal shape. Mm. Uh, they these are like um, hollow pyramids that you can uh, f- uh, make the growth in uh, some special conditions.
0: Yeah, but it's not just fancy; it's actually more yes, healthy. Yeah, it can
1: also change the, dissolu- the dissolution rate in your mouth, and then it, it can also uh, give the perception of saltiness yeah. in another way.
0: Wow, but why would this not be? Because uh, this is for me the first time that I hear about this. Why I wonder? Why is this not way more famous and much more used? Since like, eating too much salt is a big problem, it seems. Uh, yeah,
1: so the. I think it's because it's uh, the 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 conditions of growth are much more difficult than the normal classical way. So I think economically for mm. the industries it doesn't have really a it's not beneficial. I see. This is the reason they are called as gourmet salt or uh, these kind of things. But th- there are other uh, things behind. Yes. Uh, yeah. For example, this perception of saltiness is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I know that this uh, Frito Salt, uh, this potato chips company is now doing this in the US. Uh,
0: yeah, so the reason is that right now it's more expensive to make because it's harder to make. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. There,
1: there are harder to make than a classical way, yes, for yeah. sure.
0: Okay, well, maybe, hopefully, when uh, it becomes more standard, we can use it more often. Yeah,
1: so maybe we should compare the price of this uh, gourmet salt of yozo with the normal salt of yozo. I don't know what is the price, but...
0: uh, Yeah, indeed. Um, Well, you also have, uh, so there are many applications, and there is also a completely different application. um, The ones in uh, Heritage, actually. Yeah. Can you tell us something about that? What is it that you do there with crystallization? Uh, okay. uh,
1: yes, yeah, so th- these we talked about this uh, beneficial part of the salt uh, as a transporter of micronutrients and uh, uh, the fact that we use it in our everyday life, and in pharmaceutical products, etc. But they can also be a bit uh, 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 let's say there are in some fields, we don't want to have them, and they, they can really be a big problem. And uh, one of these is in cultural heritage and uh, the preservation of uh, artworks, for example. And uh, the problem is that uh, the salt can dissolve in water. And then um, uh, in outdoor uh, sculptures or, for example, buildings, uh, the, the salty water, for example, because in the winter we put the icing salts on the roads, then with the rain, this salt is dissolved, it goes to the ground, and then it can come up from the walls of, the, of a building or a historical church or outdoor sculptures when they are made by materials that are porous, and I will come to this later. And so in this way, the wa- salty water will come up, and then in summer, when the, again the temperature will go up, Uh, the water will evaporate and the salt will crystallize in this material. And once the salt will crystallize, it can make a lot of damage and it can destroy uh, an artwork. It can can destroy a fresco. And this is not what we want because if you want to to preserve the cultural heritage, so we need to understand how these kind of crystallization will happen and then um, in order to be able to avoid them. But this kind of crystallization is also very important in soil because uh, most of the time, because it comes with the ground water, it can also make the sodification of the soil and this makes that there are a lot of regions that it becomes too salty to make agriculture with it, uh, on it. And so it's also a big problem. And another thing is that when they can uh, crystallize like this in a uh, in outdoor uh, they can also be very corrosive so if you have outdoor electronics uh, most of them will be damaged because of the salt crystallization on on them so uh, it's also a big problem for the corrosion of outdoor electronics
0: yeah yeah so there was one uh, very specific uh, example you told me about this church the I think it's called Saint Saint Philibert Church in Dijon. Yeah. Um, what 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 happened there with the yeah, crystallization? So
1: yeah. So um, uh, first, maybe uh, I should give a very um, short description of what is a porous material. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, most of the materials used to make a sculpture or like uh, buildings, etc. These are porous structure. It's like a piece of sugar that you put in your coffee. Mm-hmm. And you see that it can really Im- it can be imbibed by the coffee when well, as soon as you put your the piece of sugar on it. This is because it's a material that is made by grains, tiny grains that are stick to each other, and uh, the heart of the material can be imbibed by the liquid, uh, any liquid. It's not like a metallic surface that it's uh, the deep heart. It's not stay intact. Mm-hmm. So uh, bricks, mortars, um, stones are such a kind of materials. I that also we c- uh,
0: always think of brass chocolate, right? That yes. <laughs> it's, that's also porous. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. Or bread, even yeah. bread is a porous structure. Uh, so then uh, this makes that most of the materials used to, to do outdoor sculptures, buildings, etc. are porous materials. So then uh, what happened to this church? So this church is uh, it's a Saint-Philippe Eglise uh, Saint-Philippe de Dijon. And so it's a church that is made by uh, stones, of course it's a historical monument. And in it was used to to, to make exhibitions in 1965. And uh, I think it's uh, one of the Roman church that uh, it is still there in Dijon in France. And in 1975, they have decided to do some restoration in this uh, inside of the church because it was a bit humid and cold. And they have decided to put a sort of concrete uh, floor on the and put a heating system in order to heat up. Th- then in this way, people can come and it, w- it will be more comfortable. So they put this concrete uh, layer and um, in five years, Uh, this made that all the humidity and moisture coming from the the floor uh, had only the way to come up by the pillars of the church. And so because this water was uh, saturated with salt, so all this uh, capillary rise that we say started to come up by the pillars of the church. And in five years, because of the crystallization between the winter and summer, the whole pillars were completely destroyed, and, uh, uh, which made that after five years they were obliged to completely close the church because then it was dangerous and then again to do a lot of restoration on it and then to remove the concrete uh, floor that they put in the heating system because then uh, the church were not able to breathe uh, in a a way that was correct and so um, the thing is that uh, these porous materials depending on the pore size like the, the voids that they have and the porosity, they, can, um, they have the ability to suck up the water in a different way. The smaller is the pore network, so th- the capillary pressure is higher and they can pick up the water much uh, in a more intense way. So then if you replace, for example, the floor with something that has uh, more uh, bigger pore with respect to the pillar of a structure, for example, then all the the water will be sucked up by the pillar, and then this is the where the, all the crystallization is happen were happening, and so this made a lot of
0: problems. I see. So that of. is uh, what the problem was. They they didn't probably yeah not think about or didn't understand that yeah. that. That th- this would happen if they put this new floor yes, there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was a wrong decision. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so now with you, with your research, try to prevent the, these kinds of things with the knowledge about. So w- we
1: we try to understand the mm-hmm. dynamics of the the the, the mechanical damage. Ha- what what makes at micro scale when the crystal will grow in a tiny confined space that you have such a macroscopic damage that the crystal uh, the that a stone can break that it can have delamination you can uh, you can really see really very clear fractures in a sculpture so so we try to understand that and then to
0: find ways of uh, avoiding that mm-hmm. Is this uh, because you also have a project with the uh, Rijksmuseum? Yes. The so we have yeah. a, ve-
1: a very nice European project uh, with uh, the France and uh, Italy University of Bologna and Uni- University of Po in France, and Rijksmuseum and University of Eindhoven here in the Netherlands uh, about uh, understanding, especially uh, h- why crystallization occurs in. Uh, Uh, ceramics and tiles and uh, materials that are composite materials so you have the heart of the material is a porous structure but then you have a glaze or a thin layer of painting on the top and always the crystallization happens at the interface between these two materials and this makes that then you have the lamination of the tiles of or the ceramics or uh, frescoes and so we would like to understand why this is happening at the interface mm-hmm. and how we can do to
0: avoid that yeah well i think it's uh, it's so nice that yeah that one such general topic like crystallization can then be applied to so different fields that we saw today the food industry you work with Unilever, and then you also work with the Rijksmuseum for Cultural Heritage. Yes. It's so diverse.
1: Yeah, it's very diverse, and each of them is really nice and exciting. Yeah. And uh, so this European project, the name is Christian Art, and, uh, which, which is uh, the acronym for crystallization uh, at the interfaces of artworks.
0: Yeah. Is there, uh, is there one specific thing that has surprised you in your research? that you really, yeah, every day are thinking like, wow, this, I changed my view on, on heritage maybe, or, or crystals, or in the food industry. Yeah, I think the,
1: the fascinating part is that each, with each project, and you learn even more, and it can really change the way that you see things in a different way. Now, for example, when I go on holidays, I have always my camera with me, Mm-hmm. And as soon as I see a building with damage, uh, I take pictures uh, and I have a collection of very nice pictures of my holidays that I really use in all my <laughs> conferences and <laughs> seminars to show. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, it's really nice that you have your own pictures and not uh, you don't take them from Internet or. And so it's really then you see really things in another way. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, I made a very nice uh, pictures in uh, Rome when I was, uh, and then in uh, Barcelona, I made very nice pictures. Yeah. So It's really great. Yeah. And even with the food now, indeed, I uh, I see foods in another way. Like, for example, I didn't know that uh, when you take a bouillon
0: cube, uh, uh, I think a major part of the bouillon cube is only salt. So uh, mm-hmm and does it now uh, do you then use le- or do you use the gourmet uh, gourmet salt or not uh, the, uh, so
1: Himalayans pink salt I uh, started to not use it
0: no <laughs> because of your uh, research yeah, because well. of this research and yes. when I s-
1: when I figured out that there are heavy metals on it so I, I'm using less mm-hmm. um, and then uh, the gourmet salt uh, I I'm using it the Yozo one uh, at this moment we we use in the lab Mm -hmm. because we do experiment with it Mm -hmm. Uh, but then it's uh, yeah
0: yeah no it's nice I I, I definitely also my view has also changed I see crystals now everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and now even more since you said that also coffee uh, caffeine is Is a a crystal crystal, very
1: very 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 beautiful crystals yes
0: yeah okay I will look it up what shape does it have? (laughs)
1: they have a sort of middle shape but Hmm. uh, when you look at them uh, with the cross polarizer microscope they are really very nice okay nice
0: and also the paracetamol you said paracetamol is a
1: crystal yeah then they we have you can have different so um, a component a material can have also different crystalline uh, we say polymorph which means that it's the same uh, material but it can have different way of structuring themselves as crystals and so it makes that they are different crystalline morphology polymorphs and so then their properties can be different so their efficiency in uh, so for example for pharmaceutical things this is very important and also for pharmaceutical uh, products is also very important the pure the pure
0: crystals is very important so to make purified crystals well, thank you, Nusheen, for uh, yes, taking yes. uh, us on to this journey of crystals. I've definitely yeah. learned a lot and uh, see more crystals now around me. Yeah, you're
1: well welcome. It was really a pleasure. Thank you very much for this invitation. And uh, I'm really happy to share this fascinating field and uh, to just give you a bit of an idea about it. And it's really, really a nice field and there are a lot of physics problems, chemistry problems behind and
0: uh, yeah, so it's great. (laughs) Yes, and so many applications. Many applications, many different applications. Exactly, yeah. And every day around us actually. We eat it every day maybe. Yes, yes. Yes, That's (laughs) great to realize. So thank you. Thank you very much.